So this chapter is called Midnight Duel. In this chapter, Harry has his first broom lesson, and also Malfoy is gonna challenge him to a wizarding duel at midnight. But this part I'm gonna uh, left out, left it out. So chapter nine, Midnight Duel. Harry hadn't a single letter since Hagrid's note. Something that Malfoy had been quick to notice, of course. Malfoy's eagle owl was always bringing him packages of sweets from home, which he opened gloatingly at the Slytherin table. A barn owl brought Neville a small package from his grandmother. He opened it exactly, excitedly, <laughs> and showed them a glass ball, the size of a large marble, which seemed to be full of white smoke. It's a rememberal, he explained. Grand knows I forget things. This tells you if there's something we have forgotten to look. Look, you hold it tight like this, and if it turns red, oh, his face fell, because the remember had suddenly glowed scarlet. You've forgotten something. Neville was trying to remember what he had forgotten when Draco Malfoy, who was passing the Gryffindor table, snatched the remember out of his hand. Harry and Ron jumped to their feet. They were half hoping for a reason to fight Malfoy, but Professor McGonagall, who could stop spot trouble quicker than any teacher in the school, was there in a flash. What's going on? Malfoy's got my remembrance, Professor. Scowling, Malfoy quickly dropped the remembrance back on the table. Just looking, he said, and he slopped away with Crab and Goyle behind him. At 3.30 that afternoon, Harry and Ron and the other Gryffindors hurried down the front steps into the grounds of their first flying lesson. It was a clear, breezy day, and the grass rippled under their feet as they marched down the sloping lawns towards a smooth lawn on the opposite side of the grounds of the Forbidden Forest, whose trees were swaying darkly in the distance. The Slytherins were already there, and so were twenty broomsticks, lying in neat lines on the ground. Harry had heard Fred and George Weasley complain about the school brooms, saying that some of them started to vibrate if you flew too high or always flew slightly to left. Their teacher, Madame Hooch, arrived. She had short grey hair and yellow eyes like a hawk. Well, what are you all waiting for? She barked. Everyone stand by the broomsticks. Come on, hurry up. Harry glanced down at his broom. It was old and some of the twigs stuck out of odd angles. Stick out your hand and over your broom, called Madame Hooch at the front, and say, up, up, everyone shouted. Harry's broom jumped into his hand at once, but it was one of the few that did. Hermione Granger's had simply rolled over on the ground and Neville's hadn't moved at all. Perhaps brew brooms, like horses, could tell when you were afraid. Harry. There was a quaver in Neville's voice that said only too clearly that he wanted to keep his feet on the ground. Madame Hooch then showed them how to mount their brooms without sliding off the end, and walked up down the rows, correcting their grips. Harry and Ron were delighted when she told Malfoy she'd been doing it wrong. He'd been doing it wrong for years. Now, when I blow my whistle, you kick off from the ground and hard, said Madame Hooch. Keep your broom steady, rise a few feet, and then come straight back by leaning forward slightly. On my whistle, three, two. But Neville, nervous, 
and jumpy and frightened of being left on the ground, pushed off hard before the whistle had touched Madame Hooch's lips. Come back, boy, she shouted, but Neville was rising straight up like a cork shot out of a bottle. Twelve feet, twenty feet. Harry saw his scared white face look down at the ground, falling away, saw him gasp, slip sideways of the broom, and wham! A thought and nasty crack, and Neville lay face down on the grass in, in a heap. His broomstick was still rising higher and higher, and started to drift lazily towards the forbidden forest and out of sight. Madame Hooch was bending over Neville. Her face was white as his. Broken wrist, Harry heard her mutter. Come on, boy, it's all right. Up you get. She turned to the rest of the class. None of you is to move while I take this boy to the hospital wing. You leave those brooms where they are, or you'll be out over, out of Hogwarts before you can say Quidditch. Come on, dear. Neville has his face tear-streaked, clutching his wrist, hobbled off with Madame Hooch, who had her arm around him. No sooner were they out of earshot than Malfoy burst into laughter. Did you see his face, the great lump? The other Slytherins joined in. Shut up, Malfoy, snapped Parvati Patil. Oh, sticking up for Longbottom, said Pansy Parkinson, a hard-faced Slytherin girl. Never thought you'd like a fat little crybaby, Swarvati. Look, said Malfoy, darting forward and snatching something out of the grass. It's that stupid thing Longbottom's gran sent him. The rememberal glittered in the sun as he held it up. Give it there, Malfoy, said Harry quietly. Everyone stopped, walking, stopped talking to watch. Malfoy smiled nastily. I think I'll leave it somewhere for Longbottom. Longbottom to collect. How about up a tree? Give it here. Harry yelled, but Malfoy had leaped on to his broomstick and taken off. He hadn't been lying. He could fly well, hovering level with the topmost branch of an oak, he called. Come and get it, Potter. Harry grabbed his broom. No, shouted Hermione. Madame Hooch told us not to move. You'll get us all into trouble. Harry ignored her. Blood was pounding in his ears. He mounted the broom and kicked hard against the ground. And up, up, he soared. Air rushed through his air and his ropes whipped out behind him. And in a rush of fierce joy, he realized he'd found something he could do without being taught. If this was easy. This was wonderful. He pulled his broomstick up a little to take it even higher and heard screams and gasp of girls back on the ground and admiring whoop from Ron. He turned his broomstick sharply to face Malfoy in mid-air. Malfoy looked, looked stunned. Give it here, Harry called, or I'll knock you off that broom. Oh yeah, said Malfoy, trying to sneer but looking buried. Harry knew somehow what to do. He leaned forward and grasped the broom tightly in both hands, and it shot towards Malfoy like a javelin. Malfoy only just got out of the way in time. Harry made a sharp about turn and held the broom steady. A few people below were clapping. No crabby and coil up here to save your neck, Malfoy, Harry called. The name thought seemed to have struck Malfoy. Catch it if you can, then, he shouted, and 
He threw the glass ball high into the air and straight back towards the ground. Harry saw, as though in slow motion, the ball rise up in the air and then start to fall. He leaned forward and pointed his broom handle down. Next second he was gathering speed in a steep dive, raising the ball. Wind whistled in his ears. Mingled with the screams of people watching, he stretched out of his hand. A foot from the ground, he caught it. Just in time to pull his broom straight and he toppled gently onto the top grass with the remembrance clutched safely in his hand, in his fist. Harry Potter! His heart sank faster than he just dived. Professor McGonagall was running towards him. He got to his feet, trembling. Never in all my time at Hogwarts. Professor McGonagall was almost speechless with shock and her glasses flashed furiously. How dare you! Might have broken your neck. It wasn't his fault, Professor. Be quiet, Miss Patil. But Malfoy, that's enough, Mr. Weasley. Potter, follow me now. Harry caught sight of Malfoy Crab and Goyle's triumphant face as he left, walking numbly in Professor McGonagall's wake as she trod towards the castle. He was going to expel it. He just knew it. He wanted to say something to, to defend himself, but there was seemed to come something wrong with his voice. Professor McConaughey was sweeping along without lo even looking at him. He had to jog to keep up. Now he'd done it. He hadn't even lasted two weeks. He'd been packing his bags in ten minutes. What would the Dursley say when he turned up on the doorstep? Up the front steps? up the marble staircase inside and still Professor McGonagall didn't say a word to him. She wrenched open doors and marched along corridors with Harry, trotting miserable behind her. Maybe she was taking him to Dumbledore. He thought of Hagrid, expelled but allowed to stay on as a gamekeeper. Perhaps he could be Hagrid's assistant. His stomach twisted as he imagined it, watching Ron and the others become wizards while he stumped around the grounds carrying Hagrid's bag.